Annie. I'm Cece, and this is Spela Golf. Welcome to episode 24 of Spela Golf. I'm Annie. I'm Cece. Woohoo! So Thanksgiving is literally tomorrow. We are we are pre-recording this one, but yes. I want to hear your Thanksgiving plans. Oh, I'm so excited. Um, we had when we lived in New Jersey. One of my friends that I still have, we met at the gym in New Jersey. I didn't know anyone. And we were um, taking a class and she came up and complimented me on my outfit. And we've been friends ever since. <laughs> um, her name is Monica and her husband, Jeff, and they have three kids. One of their daughter's name is um, Olivia as well. So she stole my name because I told her I was going to name my kid Olivia. and She took it. Anyways, still love her. It's fine. <laughs> no, but she <laughs> is actually coming to visit with her family. And I'm so excited because they will be here. And my sister-in-law and her little baby Ace will be here as well. And so I know this is not for everyone, but it's going to be a full house for us because we never have this many souls in our home. So I'm just really, really excited to see Monica and her family and my sister-in-law and her baby. I can't wait. Is James going to be making a lot of the food? Because he's like he a makes, chef. He makes all the food. He's going to make all of it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't cook. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I'm good at a lot of other things. Like, I clean really well. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm a good cleaner. How fun. What about you? What are you guys doing? Because so, you have a huge fa- like your fam- Like, your core family is, like, literally more than people in my family that lives in the state of Arizona. (laughs) (laughs) I know we keep growing and get bigger. So this, um, this year mixed it up and being up North in Sholo and we are going to go out to eat at Torreon golf club. We're like, you know what? You know what? We have been cooking for the, a long time last year. It was really fun. We did an Italian Thanksgiving and it was really fun. Like there was this Italian, uh, bakery grocery store um in mesa and it was like amazing yeah and so now we're like you know what let's just mix it up torian does oh that's awesome thanksgiving so we're just gonna all dress up and go eat out so now yeah and i'll probably they'll have desserts there but maybe i'll make a dessert who knows see i'm all for traditions but sometimes it's like kind of fun to break them like a just little. mix it up yeah. like sometimes you need changes mm-hmm. you know I mean, ask yourself 10 years from now, you might want to be like, oh, let's go. Let's go out. I mean, well, it depends if James stops cooking. Then, yeah, yes. But he loves to cook. And he like for our Thanksgiving, he never makes like the traditional stuff like like he'll make like turkey burgers because then it's not going to be like a whole bunch of leftovers. So we still get the turkey. We still get all the like sides. It's just like in a burger. And it's so good. Like his food is amazing. But that's really fun, though. That's going to be awesome. And it's just really cozy to like wake up that morning, snuggle with the babies, watch the parade. Like it's just, it's fun. It is fun. It's so cozy. And our little electrical fireplace (laughs) gives out no heat. Yeah, it's just pretty to look at. Uh, Do you guys set up your Christmas tree on Thanksgiving? No. When do you guys set yours up? Okay. So I have been breaking my tradition a lot because in Sweden, we would have a real tree every year. And the tradition in Sweden is to, so we celebrate Christmas Eve. So the 24th, the 25th means nothing to us, but it makes a lot of sense for like Europe, except for England to 
sub- celebrate on the 24th because Santa needs a whole day to travel around the world, right? So we celebrate on the 24th and you guys celebrate on the 25th. He'll make it around to all the babies, all the kids that want gifts. So I feel like we just gave him a day, you know, to be able to do all that. So our tradition is that we actually go get the tree and then we um, set it up the day before. So on the 23rd. So on the 23rd, we put all the decorations on the tree and like all that. We put all the presents under the tree. And then my mom makes a ham and we would have like a ham sandwich and we play bingo. So, yeah. (laughs) Bingo! Yes. It's like, I don't know. It's like, it's kind of weird. I get it. But like for us, it's like such a huge tradition. Like Sweden is such a country of traditions. I mean, I don't know if it is anymore, but when I grew up, it was like, Every Friday night at 8 p.m., that was like the best time to watch TV because it was like the best show on. It was like an entertainment show. So whatever show that was, everyone was watching it. And then on Monday, we would all talk about it in school. And it was just one of those things like we ate candy on Fridays. We had pizza on Saturdays. Like it was just the way it is. But so on the 23rd, we would um, dress the tree or dress up the tree, and then we would eat our little ham sandwich, and we would play bingo, and then we would put our stockings um, on the door, so like to our rooms. So I would put my stocking out. I will wake up on the morning of the 24th, and Santa had dropped a gift in my stocking, and then I have to wait all day to open presents. So our Christmas tradition in Sweden is, again, includes TV. But uh, I know, it's (laughs) crazy when I think about it. So really strange, but amazing at the same time because it is a tradition. So you wake up, you have your gift in the stocking in the morning. So like all kids will wake up super early just to like play with that one gift. And then what we did is that we would have lunch at 1 because at 3 p.m. Donald Duck is on TV. So it's literally like, um, oh, I always forget this word, relay. Okay. Um, so it's like a relay of Disney movies into one movie. And it's like an hour and a half of just Disney movies. So we're all watching it. It's literally the same every single year. So for 35 years, I've been watching the same hour and a half of Donald Duck and his friends. And my dad is 73. So for 73 years, he's been watching the same thing like every Christmas Eve. Um, And then that ends at, you know, like 4.30 or 5. And that's when we get to open our presents. So we go all day waiting to open presents, which I kind of like that because then you give out one present at a time. So it would be like Merry Christmas, Annie from Cece. And then everyone's watching you opening up that gift. And I kind of like that because here it's literally like chaos in the morning. And I'm like, well, no one knows like who the gift was from. Like, it's just like opening up the presents as fast as possible with like no intentions of like even knowing who it's from or, you know, you don't get to like thank the people because like you open up your presents so fast. So what James and I started doing to incorporate um, traditions together is that we wait until midnight on the 24th. And so it's right between my Christmas and his Christmas, right? Mm -hmm. So we open up our gifts at midnight on the 24th, which I think that's really cute. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And 
I think we're going to do like for the girls too, they get to open up one gift on the 24th. So we're going to put the one in the stocking on the 24th and they get to open it. Um, but yeah, we do every other year. So when we are in Sweden celebrating Christmas, we do it the Swedish way. When we're in America, we do it the American way. So we get like every other year activities. That's so cool. But yeah, I know. We do the same thing recently. Um, we like now that we're all older, I feel like starting in like my teenage years, you, we would do one gift at a time. When oh, we you had do? Family, yeah. We would be oh. like, hey, everyone, Annie's going, Nicolina, Haley, like and do oh, yeah. one at a time because like we're that. doing sibling gifts. Like, let's watch. Now, am I the impatient one? Yes. And I want to open all of them. <laughs> well, because you're the youngest. <laughs> I'm the it. youngest. But now it's time and it's fun because we're all adults. And so it's fun to just see what this person got. And so we do that also, too, in our family. But yeah, that's our little usual Christmas thing. And so it's I always like fun to... I want to do that for my kids, too. I don't want them to just like... Because like there's a lot of money that goes into Christmas, you know? Like I said this year, like, um, let's not spend too much money because they already have so many toys and this and like is there anything that they need and then like my mother-in-law always asks me like what can I get for them so I tell her you know what to get them my mom always asks what to get them so I kind of have a list for everyone asking and it's I'm trying to make it to stuff that they like need kind of um I am putting them in a school with uniforms next year so they're not gonna need any any like clothes like that but anyways with that said I started like buying Christmas gifts a while ago just so that it's not going to be everything at once. So I bought this huge Barbie house. It's like five foot tall and it's at, currently sitting in my neighbor's guest room. <laughs> it's so large <laughs> and I just love it. And then when I went to Texas, I'm like, oh, look at this cute jacket. Look at this cute dress. And I'm just going to get that. Oh, look at this. Look at that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So there goes my I'm the one spending more money than anyone else on these girls telling everyone else, don't buy them too much. They have so much stuff already. <laughs> and then here I am buying all the stuff. Can't freaking help myself. All right. Uh, anyway, so recently I've always talked to you. I feel like it was maybe six months to a year ago. I brought up Enneagrams because I was like, have you taken, have you heard of Enneagrams before when I asked you? No, no. So an Enneagram is there's nine different types of, it's basically personality types. Um, and I was like, here, take the test. And it's like, oh, type, are you type one, two, three, four, five, six, and so on. And so, for example, your type is type one, which is called the perfectionist. And I am a type six, which is the loyalist. And so we just want to discuss a little bit how it kind of affects into our daily life slash into golf. Yes. And I've listened to previous podcasts where they've really tied it in and it kind of like resonated with me like, wow, I it kind of from reading the, about these Enneagrams, like that's kind of similar to how I feel on the golf course. Yeah. Um, but if you were to like explain like in type one, what do you feel? I don't know. You're perfectionist, but like what do you, what ties in like I don't know. Yeah. Does so, that make sense? No, it's it's very, very, very interesting um, because lately I've been going through a struggle of I, I can't get my thoughts right and I am struggling a lot with making decisions about my future and and this is all like outside of my home stuff. Um, but I've questioned lately like why I get so irritated at people and why... 
I feel the way I feel. Like, for example, so let's go through type one. Um, and so the, it's also called the stickler. <laughs> that just sounds so bad. But the stickler is perfectionism and a need for order and organization taking taken too far. And that is definitely me. So some of the characteristics is you're punctual. Um, you can be irritable, tense, opinionated, um, highly critical of self and others, a strong need for self-control and self-restraint, works overtime to make up for other sloppiness and laziness, is highly sensitive to criticism. I don't agree with that one because I'm not sensitive to criticism at all. I don't feel like I need to be loved by others like that. I could really care less. Um, but some of the other things they say is that thoughts that right is right and wrong is wrong. And that's very, very, very much me. And when you sent me this test to take, um, you sent it to me, we sent it to my other coworkers, we sent it to your swing instructor, who is my boss. Literally. And so sent we it. sent it to so many people. And it was very interesting to me because I also have a therapist right now because I need to talk to someone. I need to get my thoughts out there and not feel like I'm being judged or that someone's going to talk about it to someone else. Like I need privacy. I need all that. And so I have a therapist and I kind of discussed this with her because I'm, I'm so much black and white. There's no gray area for me. I, I, I just don't have it. It's either clean or it's not. And then one thing that it says here in this test that you sent me was that right is right and wrong is wrong. And that is exactly how I feel. Like I follow rules and I follow like everything that's right. That's, that's the, that the society is telling us and teaching us is right. I want to do that. And I noticed that so much in my older daughter too, that she's such a rule follower. And when I read this, um, like it also says, if you can't do it perfectly, don't do it at all. And that is me as well. Like it's hard for me to take a step back because I always want more. So no matter what it is, if it is making more money, if it's making you a better golfer, like when I went to Texas and like I walked up on the first tee box and I'm like, I can't shoot over 75. I like, I will, like, I will hate myself if I shoot over 75. So super quickly to interrupt. So when I was reading more about Enneagram one, so like a core value is a desire to improve every aspect of their lives. They aim for their actions to be consistent with their values and principles and work extremely hard to achieve that goal. Yeah. Does that resonate? Does that? Feel yeah. Like, yeah. And, and that's what it is because no matter so one of my goals, and this is going to become a little personal, but one of my goals as a golf instructor was to make over $100,000. And I that was my goal. Like I wanted to do it. I worked so hard because as a golf instructor, right, if you charge an hourly rate, like that's how much you can make in that hour. Like you can't make more. Like that's what it is. So to make $100,000 was my goal. And I worked so hard for this goal. And then I got there and, you know, like, like my boss, he was like, I'm so proud of you. Like you're like top 5% in the state and da, da, da. like all of this from like teaching only and just commission based period. And like I had pictured myself getting there, but then when I was there, 
it was nothing. Like I didn't feel anything different. I like, did I invest my money in something? No, I probably spent it on like crap, not crap, but you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yes. like there was no emotions towards accomplishing my goal because now what am I going to do next year? Well, I made over a hundred thousand dollars this year. I'm going to make 120. It's a never ending thought process in my head. And it's really, really, really hard to deal with right now. And so that is one of the reasons why I have a therapist is because I need help. I need help to have more of a gray area. Um, but something that she said was, um, I brought it up to her and, and I said, um, I'm so black and white and this is how I feel. Is it right or is it wrong? And she was like, honey, like this has nothing to do with right or wrong. It's about how you feel. You can't control other people's feelings, but you need to stick to your core values. If that is how you feel, then there's no right or wrong in that, but it is how you feel. And so you have your morals, you have your beliefs, you have your opinions, but you can't control what other people are going to feel about your morals. Because I have started to feel that there was something wrong with me, that being a perfectionist is something bad because something that the the bottom of this test said was you make other people feel like they're not good enough and I almost cried when I read it because I was like oh my like is that how my family feels is that how my friends feel is that how my coworkers feel about me that it doesn't matter what they do because I'm always going to change it or add or you know do something to it and I'm like that's not me and I I felt so bad that that's because immediately if that's what it said, that's what I'm going to believe because I'm so black or white. There's no gray area like, oh no, like I'm fine. But so my therapist said like, you have your morals and that's totally fine. Um, but yes, there are going to be a lot of gray areas <laughs> in life. And so she gave me homework. And so she told me to find three things that um, I really like to do. And it cannot and uh, it cannot include people. So it cannot be about people. So I can't say my husband makes me happy. My kids make me happy coming home to them. It can't include people. And so she was like, so what do you like to do? And I'm like, I love to clean, but I clean extra hard when I have a lot of anxiety. So she goes, so we can't count that as something f for your three things because it's it's something that you do to get away from anxiety, but it actually gives you more anxiety because it, it has to be spotless. Um, and she was like, do you like going for walks? And I'm like, I love going for walks, but I need to make sure I take 10,000 steps a day because otherwise I'm not good enough. So she was like, okay, we can't do that. So my homework is to find three things that I would enjoy doing, but it can't be like time pressured or taking away anxiety or, or stuff like that. It needs to be something that I like fully enjoy. And I'm having the hardest time to come up with like any of those three things. So when I went to Dallas and we went to that line dance, line dancing bar, I was like, I love to dance. It was such a freedom kind of feeling because it had nothing to do with golf. It had nothing to do with me trying to cover up some type of anxiety, I was truly just enjoying the moment. And so with all of this said, um, I'm working a lot 
towards being okay being a perfectionist and not feeling like I constantly have to defend why I'm doing things my way. But being okay, not being okay. So, you know, as a perfectionist, it's like you should always be the strong one. You should always have answers for everything. You should help other people and this and that. And being okay, not being okay is something that I have to work really hard on. Um, And then just standing up for myself as far as my morals. So it's okay to feel different than someone else because I cannot control how they react to my morals, my beliefs, my opinions. Um, But yeah, I think the reason this has helped me is because when you sent it out to all of our friends and (laughs) coworkers, it was way easier for me to approach them because I now know who they are and how they receive information and how they take that in and what they need from me as like, like their mentor or helper, you know, instead of just being irritated that, oh, I can't believe my friend did this to me. Well, maybe that's just their personality type and that's how they handle things. I'm not that personality type. So I'm going to handle it a little different. So it was interesting though, because you sent it to our boss. I know. I made a bold move. Yeah. And we always guess like what what personality I know I hope that's not a bad thing I just am like curious like I know oh, maybe it's interesting he's, maybe he's this so I'm like you know what I talked with Drew and I was like Drew do you want to take this Enneagram and he did the same day and, yeah. and he texted it texted his results to me and I was like oh my gosh that makes way more sense like so, I can see I can yeah. see it so I've known him for five years right and it is hilarious but when because I like you asked, like before I knew his results, you had asked me like, tell me about Drew. And I was like, he's awesome at what he's doing. He is killing it with the Academy. He's a great golfer, all this stuff. But I'm like, his mind is so scattered all over the place. It can take him like weeks to answer one of my questions. Like I'm not his assistant. I'm not the director of golf. I'm not anything, but I constantly like send him reminders of things that need to be done. And so I could be his assistant and he's very grateful for it. But I was like, he is just so scattered, you know? And when you read me the result of his thing, I'm like, oh, well, now I know. Yeah. <laughs> so read his. What was type. His? Uh, I, I feel bad. Are we like kind of back to, I mean, hope. Hope no. he doesn't listen to this episode. No, I <laughs> love him. I was like, so type it was seven. Um, sevens are extroverted, optimistic, and spontaneous, playful, high-spirited, but um, can misimply their many talents, becoming overextended, scattered, and undisciplined. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> End of conversation. Yes. Um, no, he's awesome. And honestly, who is... Like, who has it all? No one. No one. I just thought it was so funny. All right. So who are you? So I am a type six, which is called both two things, the skeptic, the loyalist. And um, when I was really reading the definition of both of them, I was like, okay, uh, sixes are defined by their desire for safety and security. They seek to anticipate and avoid risk and water (laughs) stop (laughs) and this is what's bad is deepest fear 
Six is fear, being unprepared and unable to defend themselves from danger. To cope with this fear, they attempt to be prepared for every possible turn of events. (laughs) Yep, that's you. Yeah, I know. And I was like, man, I kind of relate with this. Like, even outside of golf, like, for example, you going to take me on a trip? Even if it's two days, I'm going to pack like it's four days because of worst case, like, oh my gosh, what if it starts raining? What if it's snowing? What if it's too hot? What if I need, I mean, the what if scenarios that are put in my mind when it comes to those things, it's just worst case scenario. And of course, I need to get better at managing my brain with these things. But it's kind of like, wow, I've been a type six, like my almost my whole life. I mean, even when I was in fifth grade, what if I don't pass this test? What if I don't do this? Like the amount of what ifs that kind of came in. And especially now I did see this as a child, you know, they may have experienced a traumatic event that shaped their worldview. I don't know, maybe being in the hospital kind of was a little traumatizing for me. And this type sees the world as a place of danger. And anything or anyone outside of the six's circle of trust is a potential threat. And I was like, man, that hit me hard because I'm like, yeah, I've talked about this before when it comes to trust and trusting people. Like it kind of took me a while to really trust you and Drew. Like, and a lot of other people, a while, a while, while. (laughs) yeah. And just like, I think trusting people is like, "Mm, I don't really know you. I don't like, oh, I don't know if I want to trust you. I don't know. Cause, but then it also comes into like, I need to get better at trusting myself and being able to like, cause I want that support and guidance, but I'm like, but one, it also leads into being indecisive. Yes. But I just think it's interesting though, like, I've learned so much about myself because, as I said, like I felt like I was a problem, but now you're not a problem. Yeah, no, I know, but, but you we know, see it. for yeah. for like that personality type, I put a lot of effort into like what's bad about it, you know, and <clears throat> like knowing you and how much you fear water and the outcome of anything, right? Like the other day we were swinging and I'm like, I don't even care about your golf swing. I just care about where your club face is. That's all I care about. And then you hit a shot and the shot was great. And you're like, so what was my angle in the back? I'm like, I don't know. I just care that the ball went to the left because that's what we were working on. But you are so focused on like the outcome and the result of what your swing is looking like and the shot. And you're trying to be so perfect so that you fear making like mistakes even though they're not mistakes you know like if you hit it in the water you hit it in the water just hit another one but you just fear so much that your swing is going to be messed up and that's why you hit it in the water yeah and um what's interesting is they always healthy unhealthy it's so bad but they just talk about like there's certain levels in where you are in your any enneagram and they're saying a healthy six is a person you want to have on your side They are loyal, trustworthy, honest, and protective. When less healthy, the six can get in the habit of fear-based decision-making. Hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Well, but now when you know that, it's It's, like, oh, now I actually have something to work on. Yes. This isn't like, oh, I'm not playing well because I was like born with this loyal. Like, you know, we don't want to use our Enneagrams as like an excuse to go out and play. No, like, okay, what can I... understanding. Like, this is kind of my personality type and how can I use it to get 
better yeah at things in life and yeah maybe not stress so much oh my gosh is this plane gonna crash am i gonna have what well, i mean just some worst case scenarios have been maybe a long time going on probably 15 years ever since yeah I'm, of thinking those things and i've gotten better so how you know like you can't expect yourself then to fix that in a night you know what I mean? If that's been something that you've been doing for 15 years, like I keep thinking that I'm like, oh man, I'm turning into my mom because she loves to clean and she loves to do what's right. And I'm like, so she's been a perfectionist. How does that affect her now? You know, I think it's very interesting. And as you said, we're not using it as an excuse, but I think it's very interesting to read into it mm-hmm. and see. And then especially everyone that we sent it to, um, we have a Epson tour caddy at the golf course, Sean, and he is like the best. He's so sweet and he always comes up to your lessons and he always wants like the 911 on mm-hmm. what's up with you and everything. And so you're like, can I send you this like personality <laughs> test? And you sent it. And what was his? He was the achiever type six. Which makes a lot of sense. Or not type six. Sorry. Type four. No, not type four. What is it? Because type four is the individual is what it's called. Like there's so many. You'll have to go back and read. I mean, nine types. Like there's a lot. Yeah, but he is the achiever, which makes a lot of sense because he's a caddy. Like his life is caddying for tour players. You know, he wants to be an achiever. Yeah, he is type three achiever. That's Mm -hmm. type three. Yeah. So it's just interesting. And back to... Yeah, I want to I probably will get a book about these enneagram types cuz like for me work on building trust in your relationships cuz it gives you advice on like growth tips for enneagram type 6s, mm-hmm. type 1s and like when 6s learn to have more faith in the people in their lives, they can form stronger and more meaningful connections. Yeah, I when I listened to a podcast they were like, "Yeah, type 6s have the most anxiety out of all of them." yeah (laughs) well that's because you're fearing everything all the time it hasn't even happened yet i know so that makes a lot of sense sixes spend a lot of time in their heads so it's essential to practice habits that will allow your energy to focus on your body yeah it's you know especially helpful in getting six to focus more on the present and really stress and i've tried to work hard on that like um, my life coach previously taught me about like meditation Mm -hmm. and i have an app to help with that to just like calm down <laughs> yeah and just like take always i think my mom always taught me she's like annie take a chill pill <laughs> yeah but interesting are, are your siblings do you think your siblings have the same personality type no no we're all opposites of each other my oh, brother must he's a type one <laughs> yeah he's a perfectionist oh. too and then Haley, she's a type nine which my is- mom is type nine's the peacemaker Oh, you got a peacemaker in your yes, family? Yes, I know. She's type. We need one of those. In I my know. Family. I think we have my. Oh no, my dad is also type six, so he's mm. mine. We butt heads a lot, so that kind of makes sense. Oh, uh, yeah. I I'm curious what my mom is. She once told me, but I'm like, I need to think about what it is. But anyway, I'm gonna read more about enneagram types, and yeah, we're let's always gonna talk about it. Let's post it on our Instagram. And so, yeah. if you want to take the test. Just head over to Spela Golf Instagram and, and we'll post a link there. Yes. And then especially before we close out, like we are not 
all we're getting is this information from the internet. Totally. Like, the, take we're this with taking, a grain of salt. <laughs> like, yeah, we're we definitely are taking just, this information like, and talking about it. Yes, that's like it. I don't. There are some people who like professionally study in enneagrams. Like that's their oh, wow. career, that and that's so what fun. they work with. And so. Um, yeah, but just keep reading it and we'll kind of re reevaluate. Like, let's see where we are in a couple months from now. Like, I'm probably going to still be, be the perfectionist. Stop. No. <laughs> oh, you can, it's okay to still be the perfectionist, but maybe not see things so black and white. I just need boundaries. Yeah. That's it. You know? But. Yeah. Well, here's a very personal episode for you guys. <laughs> now you know our types. So if we'll you ever want to come golf with us, you're yeah. sure going to find out. Send <laughs> us a DM if you want to come play with type one and type six. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy uh, all right you guys enjoy this week and we'll talk to you guys next week bye bye thank you for listening if you enjoyed today's episode we would love for you to share the podcast thank you.